we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. The birds are singing. <laughs> Big and small. <laughs> and the fish are starting to spawn in different parts across the country. It's a great time of year. Welcome back to our camp house at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and this corner of the camp house is brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. I have it with me all the time. Every dog owner should have Fortiflora in the fridge because, hey, all of our dogs suffer from GI upset from time to time. We're back at our home away from home, the Vineyards Campground in Cabins on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Got everything you need. Once you come through the gated entry, they've got a camp store with everything you need from dinner to s'mores. They have their own personal boat ramp, 30 and 50 amp electricity at every site. It's a really cool place. And if you don't have an RV, check out the cabins for rent at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, nationally acclaimed. I've been in the great state of South Carolina over the past few days, along with Jim Shockey and Anthony Pace and all of the Freedom Hunters raising money for those therapeutic and wonderful hunting and fishing excursions that Freedom Hunters takes our finest and bravest on. What a blessing that was to me to spend time uh, with the Freedom Hunters and with my friends working and playing together. I sure hope you can make it to South Carolina next year. For the Freedom Hunters Jim Shockey Classic Banquet and Golf Tournament. I'll be sure and give you the dates in plenty of time. We had a tremendous time in South Carolina. And coming up next week, I've got lots of audio from the event so you can get a better feel of what it's all about. And I just know you're going to want to be a part of this next March in the great state of South Carolina with the Freedom Hunters. This past few days, the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources has issued a alligator warning. With warmer weather, the gators are on the move. Be careful stepping in the tall grass or trying to retrieve that ball that you put in the water. We were witnesses. The gators are active in South Carolina and other places across the country. Water temperature, inland waters in South Carolina, up around 63, 64, 65 degrees. That's spawning water. Here in North Texas, we're flirting with 60 degrees. 62, I've always found, is a really magical number when they flood the bank. Kinder Outdoors Pro, Kelly Jordan KJ from the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour joins us now. Hey, Kelly, spawning time. It is a great time to get out and catch a big one. It's a great time to get on the bank and go window shopping is what yeah. I call it. Just, you know, and what I mean by that, you know, you're going looking at different bedding fish and you're probably trying to find a big one. That being said, when there's all these fish up on the banks, most of those people that are going down the bank window shopping are going right over the top of where they can't see or about where their boat is straight down from there. Probably 90% of the bass in the lake right now. Mm. Uh, not all of them spawn shallow enough to see. A lot of them spawn deeper and you can't see them. And then a lot of the fish that are either just coming in to spawn have just spawned or are thinking about it one way or the other, they're sitting in that first break off, you know, maybe five to eight or nine or ten feet of water. And that's probably really the best place for you to catch a true giant fish 
is just off the banks, but real close to where they're going to spawn. And uh, that's one thing that's really awesome about this spawn is, yeah, there's a bunch of them spawning, but there's a bunch of them coming and some going. So there's really a lot of different stages of fish. You can catch them about however you want. And the bottom line is your chances of catching the fish over the lifetime are about as good as they'll ever get. Hey, this is a great time of year for the new fishermen, the new outdoorsmen to, uh, to experience fishing because they don't have maybe the boat and all the gear, but they can fish from the bank and catch quality fish in big numbers. Yeah, so I'd recommend you uh, getting a great pair of Oakley sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Best polarized sunglasses in the market, in my opinion. I've used them to win some sight fishing events. Plus, you look good while you're doing it. <laughs> you can see them off the bank. I have done it myself. If you haven't ever seen a fish on a bed or seen a fish up shallow, get your polarized sunglasses. Go look for them. I tell you, it's a thing of beauty. Seeing them. Once you see one, it's like hunting. It gets in your blood, and you just want to see more. I think a big hang-up, people have never seen a fish. They maybe don't know where to look, or they don't know what it looks like. Uh, but this time of year, if you get up shallow, especially uh, in the back of a pocket or back of a creek where the water has decent clarity, you will eventually see a bass. And if he's sitting in one spot and not moving very much, that means he's on his bed, or she is. And it's just a great time of year to be outside because, hey, it's starting to get a little bit warmer. Yeah. Uh, shake off the wintertime blues. Hey, it's fishing season again, and a uh, lot to be excited about. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just awesome. Okay, for that new fisherman, that new angler that wants to uh, go out and try this sight fishing, he's got his Oakleys. A, a creature bait or a, maybe a lizard, just some kind of a soft plastic works real well sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, the soft plastics is you know king this time of year, and the reason you use a Texas Freak soft plastic bait is because you can pinpoint the the spot, especially if you are sight fishing for a bass that you see. Uh, if you're not and just casting around, it's still deadly because you come across a lot of the bass that are on beds that you can't see, and they're protective of their nesting areas, and that's how most shallow fish are caught in the spring. When you're fishing shallow in the spring, you're catching spawning bass, whether you're looking at them or not, because that's why they're there. That's why they're on the bank. So if you fish for those kind of presentations, uh, weightless rig like Cinco's, those kind of deals, Texas rigs, lizards, Texas rig crawls work great. Jigs work well too. Soft plastic tubes or Texas rig tubes work really good uh, as well. You know, natural colors, brim style colors because the fish hate brim. Uh, the greens, the green pumpkins, the black and blues, they're all great colors. Uh, and then some people that sight fishing may like to use the real bright colors so they can see their bait and know exactly where it is. It's really hard to do much wrong this time of year, and I guess that's why everybody loves to fish so much in the spring when the bass are spawning. Calming Care settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. Calming Care. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. <laughs> That moment when it all lines up. The planning, the process, the lifetime of in-the-woods experience all comes down to that one moment that old Tom is calling up and within range. At Marksman Firearms, we can help you get ready with calls, guns, chokes, turkey loads, and more. Marksman Firearms stores in Killeen, Mansfield, Wichita Falls, and Granbury. Make your mark. At Marksman, Ducks is back at Texas Motor Speedway. 
Ducks Unlimited invites you to the third annual Ducks Unlimited Expo presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, May 5th through 7th. Watch the premier canine performance athletes of the dog world competing in the incredible dog challenge. Test drive a new ATV or visit the live fire shooting ranges. DUX, the show for everything outdoors. To learn more, visit DuckExpo.com. Can you imagine 20 plus sailfish in a single day? Welcome to Costa Rica's rich fishing history. The marlin catch is as good as any spot on earth. Blue marlin, sailfish, mahi, and tuna. From the moment your feet touch down in beautiful Costa Rica, you'll discover a new love in your life. The landscape, the people, the food, the salty air and year-round fishable temperatures and calm waters. At Carib Sea Sport Fishing, we're prepared for your group with a fleet of some of the most successful vessels in this sport fishing area. Call your buddies or make it a couple's trip to Costa Rica. Enjoy world-class Caribbean sport fishing, endless shopping, beaches, spectacular wildlife. Discover the landscape by horseback. Carib Sea Sport Fishing offers a variety of trips, offshore, inshore, overnight, half day, full day, every day. Come see us now at catchafishincostarica.com. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Procrasta Fishing. The art of going fishing when you should be painting the house. Hey, wait for us. Welcome to the Kinder Outdoors Camp House. Coming up in just a little while, we're going to go fishing for crappie in the spawn. And we're going to 
go shopping for turkey calls with the great Eddie Salter. Right now, though, I want to recall a conversation I had with a game warden buddy of mine, one of my favorite folks, Randolph McGee, Texas game warden Randolph McGee, a couple of years ago about a very interesting fella that he met. You met a guy, uh, I guess a year or two ago from Alaska, and his big deal is crows. Calls himself Dr. Krovorkian, and he's going to be on the show later today. You know, it's really be, uh, neat being a game warden and the people that you meet. And uh, actually, Dr. Crow probably called me up five or six years ago, you know, left some messages, and, uh, and I would talk to him, and he was really uh, interesting to talk to, and he wanted to talk crows. And, uh, and I thought I knew a little bit about everything, but uh, this guy is the authority on crow hunting. And uh, I got to meet up with him here this last year because, uh, you know, he was looking for several thousand crows to hunt, and we just simply didn't have them. And this past fall, uh, I got to seeing a bunch of crows around, so I give him a call, and uh, we went and had lunch, and it was probably one of the neatest experiences I've had. Uh, <laughs> And he, hey, he come up in a box truck that has in his license plate even says Dr. Crow on it. And he's got these crows painted and he was just a really neat guy. And, uh, and I said, why do you like to hunt crows? And he goes, well, why does anybody like to hunt anything? He goes, in Alaska, it gets so cold, uh, that I've got to leave and head south. And, uh, and he, he had a really good relationship with his wife. His wife leaves and goes to Hawaii for a couple months, and he leaves and goes across the southern United States and looks for crows. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to uh, talk to him later uh, in the show. We've, we've got him on but the show I, later t- today. But uh, I, one, he, of the, one of the neatest parts, hey, and ask him this when you talk to him, we're driving down the road, and uh, and he's hey, he's got an Alaskan accent, and he's a uh, 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 funny guy, and then he'll see some crows out there in a field, and he'll start talking to them from the cab of my pickup. <laughs> really? And uh, it is, yeah, oh yeah, he'll talk to them crows. And uh, what he said, he goes, "Hey, Mr. Crow, there you are. How you doing today?" And, uh, and I don't know, it was just funny the way he did it. <laughs> oh, I thought and I he, thought you meant that he would crow call to him, but no, he's just talking. Uh, no, English. no, he would just no, no, he would talk in English to him. You know, <laughs> hey, Mr. Crow, how you doing? So, uh, but then he says, "Hey, hunting these crows is real fun, and I, hey, I know they are, hey, one of the smartest birds on the on the planet. You know, hey, you never see one run over or anything. You know, uh, they are smart. But he said, you know, they're a lot like people. And uh, and I said, how's that? And he goes, well, it's uh, you know, you got the long winter nights here. He said they sleep for about thirteen hours." And then they get up, and they hey, they want to go to McDonald's and go talk to somebody, you know. So that's what they do. They gather up there in the field and grab a cup of coffee, and, and uh, they talk to one another, <laughs> then go get something to eat. So he said they're a lot like people, but uh, I, I but hey, he's a funny guy. I know a spot that he would love. I'll have to, to share that with him, and, and maybe we can get together and, and all of us go uh, have a good crow shoot. Hey, Randolph, let's talk about uh legally, uh, if somebody's hearing this and they're thinking, you know, I've got a bunch of crows, uh, that'd be a fun shoot. Is it legal? Can we, do we need a license? What do we need? Hey, yeah, you would need a, uh, you would need a Texas hunting license to hunt them. And there is one. And I wouldn't, I want, I'm glad you asked that question, you know, uh, but crows are one of those birds. Uh, you can only shoot them or hunt them when they're depredating. So, uh, 
But I'm thinking, hey, if he's going from point A to point B and he's eating wheat seeds out of the ground, he's pretty much depredating. So, uh, so they're they're legal game. I, my opinion is, if a crow is breathing, he's depredating uh, because they thrive yeah. on on crops a lot like the doves in in Argentina. The crows, if you're a farm, you don't like crows. Correct. Yeah, and they can hey they can eat up a lot of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, hey uh, he's a hey really really neat guy and um, and he has some really good stories and um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to visiting with him and we're also featuring on Kinder Outdoors on the website this weekend uh, the crappie rock uh, that you uh, it was either you or Stapleton that sent me a picture of the crappie rock a gentleman that was doing some crappie fishing and he had ten inches measured out on a rock. Uh, hey, and, we, we we see that in our careers, yeah. And uh, hey, and don't forget the tattoos down at Lake Tawakini. So <laughs> I still need to get you that picture too. Tell tell he's folks got, about he's that. He's got a he's got a tattoo on on his wrist of ten inches, and that's how he measures his crappie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Hey, the life of a game warden is always exciting. Randolph, be safe, and I appreciate visiting with you. Okay, Billy. Hey, you take care. Texas game warden Randolph McGee. You've probably seen him on Lone Star Law a time or two. If you own a dog, you really need to keep Fortiflora in your refrigerator. Fortiflora settles GI upset. And, hey, all of our dogs suffer from GI upset from time to time for one reason or another. You'll find it at Chewy.com or your vet's office. Fortiflora, safe and gentle probiotic for your dog. Here in North Texas, it's opening weekend for springtime turkeys. There's not much in this world that I love to do more than calling turkeys, talking to turkeys. It can be intimidating if you're just starting out, but hey, it doesn't have to be. I had a conversation with the great turkey man himself, Eddie Salter, about turkey calls. You know, in a guy, when he's out there and he's trying to select a call, he needs to select one that basically sounds good to his ear. And, uh, you know, you, we got uh, got these little friction calls here, this wood calls that uh, that's pretty simple. And what's good about these box calls and these friction calls, a guy can go out overnight and, and learn to call with them just and kill turkeys the next day. That Kiki you was talking about? That's on a that's on a glass, and that's called the derringer. That's a, that Kiki's right up on the edge of the glass, guys. You want to get right up on the and you want to hold your peg straight up and down, where normally you want to hold it with like if you're looking at the hands of a clock, you want to hold it about 130 if you're right-handed. But when I'm Kiki, but then on slate it don't Kiki as good as that glass. On glass is what you really want to look at. But here's here's it over here's 130. Kiki. And then I just drop that peg in at one thirty. And you can kill turkeys with that. And that's a and that's a neat thing is that uh, there's so many calls out there in the market. And the hunter specialties have got them. Yeah. You can go you can go to your favorite sporting goods stores and look around and, and they got them. And uh, of course, you know, I've always been lucky enough to I have the opportunity to know a lot of folks in Texas, and I do get a chance to come out here bow hunting for big whitetails, too. Yeah, there uh, you go. Good. 
And, uh, you know, I killed a couple of years ago. I killed a 167. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, Laredo, Texas, in the south part down there, which was a good open-range deer with your bow. And I killed one last year that scored about 145. And, uh, you know, these are poping young deer with your bow. And uh, when you kill them, anybody can kill them with a rifle, but you got to be a little bit more luckier. you got to have a little bit more skill and got to learn to hide a little bit better with that bow. He's one of the all-time greats, both in the field and at the local turkey calling contest, the former barber from down in Alabama, Eddie Salter, the turkey man. Hey, I hope you'll join me this afternoon at the weigh-in over at Possum Kingdom Lake for the Santo Project Graduation 2023 Bass Tournament. Project Graduation offers up drug and alcohol-free after-graduation events for our graduating seniors as they prepare to move to their next phase of life. Bobby Box has been spearheading this. It's going to be a great event. We're going to have vendors, food. It's a big thing. It's not just your normal average bass tournament. We try to make it fun. Hey, it's going to be fun. We'll see you this afternoon about 2.30, starting about 2.30 or so at the Possum Kingdom Lake Chamber of Commerce. That's about an hour and a half northwest of Fort Worth. Hi everybody, it's World Championship caller Al Morris. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store gets snack and we either stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind. And the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up. And sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car as well. I can just feel the comfort knowing that it will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com Ducks is back at Texas Motor Speedway. Ducks Unlimited invites you to the third annual Ducks Unlimited Expo presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, May 5th through 7th. Watch the premier canine performance athletes of the dog world competing in the incredible dog challenge. Test drive a new ATV or visit the live fire shooting ranges. DUX, the show for everything outdoors. To learn more, visit DuckExpo.com. John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom. We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original 
the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators, eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts. Contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned, glass-paneled, Wi-Fi-enabled habitats. Over the mountains, and out into the wild, from which they hate to admit they emerged. Their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet. If their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the Earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world, human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. Teach a man to hunt and fish, and you'll never see him again. Sit down and prop up your boots with us here at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, did you hear about this? They spotted a wolverine along the Columbia River near Portland, Oregon the other day. Why is that a big deal? Well, the wolverine is rare and listed as threatened in Oregon. The largest member of the weasel family, they actually resemble a small bear. But it's a big deal because this is the first confirmed report of a wolverine outside of the Wallowa Mountains in over 30 years. Maybe that's good news. Maybe they're growing in number and spreading out. Got a picture of that wolverine taken by those anglers credited to Cascadia Wild at kinderoutdoors.com. Well, you heard my buddy Warden Randolph McGee talking about the crow man, Dr. Crow, 
Dr. Kroborkian a little earlier. His name is John Vole, and he lives in Alaska, but he comes to the lower 48 uh, to hunt crows, to shoot crows. Interesting guy. I had a great conversation with him a couple of years ago. Yes, sir. Okay, what what part? Eagle River. I've been up here for 50 years. Wow. And so you've got maybe the best hunting and, and fishing opportunities in the world uh, there in Alaska, but you choose to load up and come down to the lower 48 and spend a, a pretty good amount of time every year chasing crows. Am I right? That is correct. I, I told another gentleman that I used to hunt with, he's, he's gone now, but he used to go to Argentina dove hunting and Columbia, and I asked him, I said, out of all your hunting you've done in your life, what would you choose the most? And he said crows. And he said, <laughs> uh, because because dove hunting, you sit in a bucket or somewhere in the field and they just pass you where crows are a smart, very smart bird. They can see color. They can count supposedly up to four, I guess. They did a test on a blind where three guys went in a blind and called crows and they wouldn't come in. Second guy left, wouldn't come in. Finally, the third guy left and they came into the blind, so into the decoys. So they're very, they're very smart board. They're very, vo- they're very vocal. They use hand calls. Some guys use electronic calls and use decoys. And their only natural predator is the great horned owl. I'm sure some have been taken out by a hawk or an eagle once in a while, but that's their only natural predator. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I knew that crows were uh, incredibly smart, and they are a challenge to hunt. I've been on a crow shoot or two in my life, uh, used to many years ago. Uh, if you watch the old Andy Griffith show, you know, he loved to go on a crow shoot now and then. Uh used to yeah. be uh, more of a pastime because they are uh, – they are a nuisance. If you're a farmer, you hate crows. Oh, there's uh, there. I've had farmers ask me to hunt on sunflowers, on peanuts, on milo. Um, believe it or not, they get into cotton. Um, but and especially pecan orchards, they they just devastate them. And you're, you're talking, I'm I'm talking five, six hundred birds or more in a pecan orchard. And I'm talking four or five thousand on a peanut field, and that's a lot of peanuts getting carried away every day. They eat more than one. Yeah, they don't eat one and leave, do they? <laughs> no, they, they, yeah. And, but they're, they're a smart bird. They're a smart bird. You got to watch them. If you want to do good at them, you got to kind of follow them and see which way they're going for their flyaways and see what they're eating on. And if they're hitting certain fields up and the farmers want you to hunt them, that's worked out really well. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a bird that hardly not a lot of people hunt, which is good from my standpoint, but, um, they're, they're in almost, almost all the lower 48 states there in each state. Yeah. Um, are there different subspecies of crows, or is there just an old black crow that we know about? There's the American crow, and then there's the fish crow, and then there's the common crow. And uh, the common crows, and also there's ravens. People get ravens mixed up with crows. They say, oh, we have a lot of crows at our place, and I know those are ravens because ravens are bigger. They have a different vocal vocabulary. And they also have a different, when you watch them fly, their their tail feathers are broader, and they have, their wings are more, a, a crow will methodically flap his wings when he's flying. You know, he just cruises along and he's flapping his wings, but a raven does a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, I would say, soaring or coasting, but I mean, um, and their wings are more pointed where the crow's wing feathers on his flight feathers are more like fingers sticking out there. They're different species, but they but they hang together. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, 
Uh, John, there's an old saying, uh, typically when uh, someone has said something that turns out uh, not to be truthful or factual, that they're going to have to eat crow, uh, which would leave you thinking that crow probably doesn't taste very good. Have you ever eaten one? I had, I did have a gentleman uh, ask me to bring some in, and he said, he, <laughs> I, I said, you're the first guy that wanted me to bring some in to, to cook, and he said the next time you cook them, you use a pressure cooker. <laughs> <laughs> so that means they're a little tough. They're a little bit tough. They're a dark meat like a dove, but but I'm sure I'm sure they I'm sure they are edible. I mean, just anything is edible if it gets down to the point, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so what are your favorite? You leave Alaska and come down to the lower forty-eight to hunt crows for how long? I uh, now that my kids are out of school and they're on their own. Um, I'm semi-retired in the wintertime. I come down for a couple months. It gives, it gives me a break from the winter. It gives me a break from the winter, and uh, and and we don't have the bird hunting up here. Like you said before, I have the big game. We, I've done all that. I've got bears, sheep, goat, caribou, and and but uh, I really enjoy the wing shooting, and and I enjoy and I enjoy the challenge of, you know, trying to fool the birds. Yeah, and and uh, and let's talk about fooling those birds. If we want to go have a successful crow hunt what are the nuts and bolts of this what equipment do we need how do we go about this well one is they can see color so you need to be camouflaged and you almost got to act like somebody's looking for you like another person's looking for you so um some guys go to the point where they'll wear face masks the the uh you know the the makeup i guess the cosmetic stuff i don't go that far but i'll wear a head net um because they can see reflection or anything so it's it's I've had one gentleman hunt with me, and he's standing up in the blind. I and I looked out my blind. I see the birds are flaring. I said, "Why do you see he's flaring? You know, I'm calling. Or we got everything set up." And I looked, he's standing up. And I said, "I said, hey, I said, here's how this works." He said, "Here's how this works. It's pretty simple. If you can see the bird, they can see you. That's how simple it is. So you got to stay hid. And so if you have a blind where you can look out and see through a hole or something, kind of, you get an edge hunting them by." kind of monitoring which way they're coming from and seeing how close you get to the decoys, you got an edge on them because you know when to pop up. But otherwise, if you can't see them coming, your blind's not set up properly. So yeah. so you want to see, you want to be able to see the birds coming, and they come from in every direction. So it's not like like ducks are always going to come into the wind, where these crows, they'll come in from any any direction to get to where you're going. Dr. Crow, Dr. Crow Borkian from up in Alaska, he's a great guy, has a beautiful home in Alaska, comes to the lower 48 to hunt crows every year, keeps up with the crow migration. Hey, I want to pass out a congratulations and thank you for your service to a couple of guys with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Dirk Miller, a deputy chief of fish, has been with the agency for 35 years. So has Kirk Nordyke. The GIS coordinator in Wyoming, he's been there 35 years as well. Congratulations, Dirk and Kirk. Hey, let's take a little run to the coffee pot, and when we come back, we'll finish up our conversation with Dr. Crow, John Vole, up in Alaska. Hey, everybody, it's professional bass angler Gerald Swindle. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it or I'm using the bathroom. With Big Billy Kinder, outdoors. Well, not the using the bathroom part. Well, sometimes outdoors, that's the place to be. (laughs) Whether I'm still hunting January whitetails in wintry West Texas, November pheasants in snowy South Dakota, crappie through the Minnesota ice, 
or big brown trout in the cold waters of the Ozarks in the fall. I know that I'm going to be warm and comfortable enough to go all day long. It starts with foundational protection from the frigid extremes. My basics and essentials are Buffalo Wool Company socks, gloves, and net gaiter. Here's Ron Miskin with Buffalo Wool. Well, I was really surprised when I got pictures back. He sent, went and did a 330-mile snowmobile trek up in Alaska, negative 30, chasing muskox. He said second day he quit wearing his choppers, just wear our gloves and hat. The Buffalo fiber you make your products from, actually warmer than wool. Oh, yeah, much warmer than wool, a lot more durable. These are meant to be used and used hard. Learn the secret of the buffalo, thebuffalowoolco.com. The BuffaloWoolCo.com. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Castelleria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina.
National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read the tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says the tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. There's only one thing that can keep us out of the deer woods. Just kidding. Welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to Kinder Outdoors, brought to you by my friends at Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel, and bringing you, once again this year, the Ducks, D-U-X, Ducks Unlimited Expo, from Ducks Unlimited at Texas Motor Speedway this May. It's everything ducks and duck dogs with D-U-X Ducks, the Ducks Unlimited Expo. Let's pick up our conversation again with Dr. Crow Vorkian, and that is... John Vole from up in Alaska. Now, I'm guessing that uh, these old crows are, are pretty doggone tough. Do you shoot a, a 12 gauge? What do you, what do you, and full choke? They're up there pretty hot. I use a full choke, 12 gauge, but I just use, I go to Wally World and get the lowest and cheapest expensive seven and a half shot I can find. So it'd be the same thing like dove and quail loads. It's just identical shells. So um, they're not as tough as people think they are. But yeah, when they're up high, you're going to have trouble getting them. But you know, you know, you have to know your shotgun range and you know thirty, forty yards, and that's about about it really for the birds. And but when you come yeah. into decoys, when you got them coming to decoys, they're coming in the set and they're coming in pretty pretty low. Okay. So, so then, then you use the wind. You, you also use the wind to your advantage. So you want to try to try mm-hmm. the wind. The wind will hide the sound of the shotgun. Obviously, it'll blow it one way more than the other. But if you can get birds coming with the wind. Granted, they're going to turn around and head to your decoys, but the birds that see them from the distance, like I said, if you can see them, they can see you. But imagine how their eyes are. They can see their comrades ahead of them landing in a the field. They're going to go there and start eating, but granted, they don't hear the shotgun blast, so they think they're dropping in for food. This is just but, a bunch of fun. We're crow hunting on the show today with Dr. Crow Vorkian, John Vole. Uh, now, John, the do you call these birds in? I know I've got a crow call that I use to locate turkeys early in the morning. Yes, I do. I have a, I have hand calls, and then just in the last seven, eight years, I tried electronic call because I was told about them, and some of the calls I had on there weren't very successful, so I ended up recording my own, and uh, it works very well. But but I've been I've been hunting these things since like seventies, you know, sixty eight when I got my first bird, but. I found an article in Field and Stream back then. It was Troll Capital of the World was Fort Cobb, Oklahoma, and they estimated 15 million birds roosted there in the winter. And I couldn't wow. believe it, so I went there one year and checked it out, and I said, holy cow. 
<laughs> That's a lot of birds. <laughs> what are what are your favorite uh, locations to, to hunt crows when you drop down out of Alaska to go crow hunting? Where do you go? I go uh, both east and well. You got to go where the birds are, obviously, because every year they're they're roosting in different places sometimes. But I'll go east Texas or west Texas, and uh, but mostly where where they're growing the crops, like. Um, like if, well, they hang cattle too. They hang in cattle, but mostly um, where they grow the crops for peanuts and milo and and uh, even corn and soybeans. You know, it's uh, they're they're the bird they're 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 opportunists like people. They'll go where the food is. That's that's where they're going to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of cranes and geese that hunt in those areas that pick the same fields. They eat all the same stuff, and especially the peanuts. They like the peanuts. Sure. Yeah. What about your wife? What does she do? Does she go crow hunting with you? No, you're not going to believe this. She goes to Hawaii when I come back. <laughs> I have heard that rumor. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hot. I'm not a hot weather person. So, I, so, I, and I told her. I said, "Life's too short." I said, "So she'll she'll go rent a place in Hawaii in a big island for two months, and that gives her a break from the winter for January, February. So it's kind of a perfect situation because winters are long up here, and so <laughs> somebody's watching the house, taking care of the dog, getting the mail, plowing the driveway, and then. When I get back, it's her turn to go have fun. Oh, so there you she, go. She, she, she loves the ocean. She loves swimming. And I was there one time. She went on about 300 yards. And I said, well, there was shark bait. I can't do nothing about it. So I said, if that's what you love doing, I said, have at it. You know, I said, life's too short. Yeah. Well, it just sounds like you have a lot of fun. Folks are going to know you when they see you coming down the road because you've got a box truck. And the uh, the license plate says Crow MD. Uh, meaning you're not a doctor and, and you're not a you're not an emergency specialist for crows. You are Doctor no, Crowfortian, and I give injections. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure to talk to you. When you come to Texas, I want to uh, get together with you and and uh, have a glass of iced tea and talk it over. There you go. All right. Well, hope John, hope this helps you and hope helps some other people that want to learn how to crow hunt because it's a fun sport and it's they're smart birds. You gotta you gotta have your homework. You betcha. Very good. Well, we're talking to the best in the game. John, what a pleasure to visit with you and uh, safe travels. I look forward to seeing you uh, this this uh, this winter. We'll catch up somewhere. Okay, sounds good. Purina Pro Plan. There's a formula built specifically for your dog, even if they have a special condition like an itchy coat or an intolerance to grain. Maybe they are older and could benefit from added glucosamine in their diet. Pick up the Pro Plan formula that best suits your dog. It's at Atwood's. Ranch and home stores. Spawning time. That's a fun time to catch crappie up on the bank. But wait a minute. See that stump out there in three, four, six foot of water? Make sure you dip a jig next to that thing, too. Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall will tell you. Wally, we're doing a little series uh, on the spawn this week, and I wanted to tip some crappie anglers off to something that is fantastic, and that is when you see everybody catching those fish off the bank, Move out a little ways. Find some five to eight foot water with some structure in it, because that great big three pound female might be hanging around out there. Yeah, when the males are up shallow, especially those females hang a little bit deeper, waiting to go up on the spawn. And so when you're catching males shallow, you can actually catch the same 
big or the big females out a little bit deeper at the same depth. Yeah. It might be eight foot of water, but only three foot deep. Yeah. And so those big fish will suspend out over deeper water, and that's the reason so many people catch big crappie using a bobber and a jig. Yeah, that's right, because it's going to float around, it's going to drift around, and you're not focusing just on that first eight inches of water. Up it by holds the, the lure in the strike zone. Yeah, absolutely. It holds the lure in the strike zone. So what I like to do is put me a bobber on there, a Mr. Crappie, that is, and also I would like to tie on a joker or a crappie thunder, something that's got a little image to it, and cast it out there, but I don't let that bobber sit. I work it out over that deeper water, yeah. and those big females are out there just uh, ready to move in. They can't stand it. Uh-huh. They just can't stand it. I got on a hole last year, and I visited that hole three or four times where uh, those big females would just stack up and load up during the day. At night, they'd move on in, do their thing, spawn, uh, move back out, but there was a line it was a line of crappie, one after the of the other, 12 to 14, 15-inch crappie that I was just slamming while everybody was catching them up by the bank. It's a great way to check uh, check for big fish. Right. If you're just going for big fish, that's what I would do. Move out on that second drop, especially on creek channels. There's always that second ledge with some submerged stumps on it that you can't see visually. But when you use that cork and jig technique, you can really catch some real big female crappie. Yeah. Are you? Uh, are, uh, how, how do you determine how deep to set that bait under that under that cork? It'll be the clarity of the water. Okay. You know, if it's a lot clearer water, I'll set it a little bit deeper. But it's a murkier stain. Those crappie are going to be right up underneath the surface. One time in Alabama, Billy, mm. the water temperature was about 56 degrees, not quite spawning time. But I was catching big monster crappie two foot deep over 20 foot of water. Ooh. It's amazing what they'll do because when that sun pops out and it's kind of dingy water, you know, they'll get right up by the surface. Mm. And, uh, of course, they're chasing bait and feeding up and everything else, getting ready for the big spawn. And uh, those males get really aggressive up on the beds. But I'm telling you, man, springtime is the time for the family to be out fishing. Amen to that. Let's take a little break, grab a biscuit, and meet right back here in the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. can't buy happiness, but it can put your brand new bass boat within casting distance of it. Glad you're in the camp with us this week at Kinder Outdoors. Speaking of bass boats, I hope you'll grab yours and come on out and join us today at Possum Kingdom Lake. It's uh, the Santo Independent School District second annual bass tournament that benefits Project Graduation Santo. Bobby Box hosts this thing, works behind the scenes, puts it all together. And we're going to have a great time today on PK Lake, Texas, just about an hour and a half northwest of Fort Worth. 
Weigh in at 2.30 this afternoon at the PK Chamber of Commerce parking lot. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. Pro Plan Performance Formula in the Purple Sport Bag. 30% protein and 20% fat. You'll find it at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Pick up a bag for your champ today. Atwood's, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas, and Kansas. It is a great time of year to go uh, fishing. Maybe catch the fish of a lifetime, catch a giant, maybe catch a bunch. The fish are getting pretty predictable during the spawn. We had a conversation with Kinder Outdoors and Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour Pro, Kelly Jordan, about fishing the spawn. You know, barring a lot of wind to, to maybe, you know, make the water off color in certain areas, uh, sight fishing is king. Uh, you know, a lot of people love to sight fish. It's a great time to get on the bank and go window shopping is what yeah. I call it. Just, you know, and what I mean by that, you know, you're going looking at different bedding fish and you're probably trying to find a big one. Some people, you know, they say they won't stop till they find a 10-pounder. Then they're going to try to catch the 10-pounder. That being said, when there's all these fish up on the banks, most of those people that are going down the bank window shopping are going right over the top of where they can't see or about where their boat is straight down from there, probably 90% of the bass in the lake right now. Mm. Uh, not all of them spawn shallow enough to see. A lot of them spawn deeper, and you can't see them. And then a lot of the fish that are either just coming into spawn, have just spawned, or are thinking about it one way or the other, they're sitting in that first break off, you know, maybe 5 to 8 or 9 or 10 feet of water. Uh, and those are the fish, and that's probably really the best place for you to catch a true giant fish uh, is just off the banks, but real close to where they're going to spawn. And uh, you can do that by fishing for them. And uh, that's one thing that's really awesome about this spawn is, yeah, there's a bunch of them spawning, but there's a bunch of them coming and some going. So there's really a lot of different stages of fish. You can catch them about however you want. And the bottom line is your chances of catching the fish over the lifetime are about as good as they'll ever get. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, this is a great time of year for the new fishermen, the new outdoorsmen to uh, to experience fishing because they don't have maybe the boat and all the gear, but they can fish from the bank and catch quality fish in big numbers. Yeah, as long as you got a really good pair of polarized sunglasses, I'd recommend you uh, getting a great pair of Oakley sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Best polarized sunglasses in the market, in my opinion. I've used them to win some sight fishing events. Plus, you look good while you're doing it. <laughs> uh, you can see them off the bank. I have done it myself. Uh, and if you haven't ever seen a fish on a bed or seen a fish up shallow, get your polarized sunglasses. Go look for them. I tell you, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, seeing them. Once you see one... It's like hunting. It gets in your blood, and you just want to see more. And uh, I think a big hang-up, people have never seen a fish. They maybe don't know where to look, or they don't know what it looks like. Uh, but this time of year, if you get up shallow, especially uh, in the back of a pocket or back of a creek where the water has decent clarity, you will eventually see a bass. And if he's sitting in one spot and not moving very much, that means he's on his bed, or she is. So... It's a great time of year for learning. It's a great time of year for seeing big bass. It's a great time of year for catching big bass. And it's just a great time of year to be outside because, hey, it's starting to get a little bit warmer. Yeah. Uh, shake off the wintertime blues. Hey, it's fishing season again and a uh, lot to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. And I can hear spring turkeys gobbling already somewhere. <laughs> yeah, this is about, I mean, everything tries to spawn about the same time of the year, it seems like. <laughs> a lot of spawning going on, whether it's on the ground or in your area lakes and you know what it's the time of year too when you could actually have a little cast and blast yes, and do yeah. pretty well uh, you know get a big gobbler and a big bass in the same day yeah i'm telling you it's just awesome okay for that new fisherman that new angler that wants to uh, go out and try this sight fishing he's got his oakley's 
a, a creature bait or a, maybe a lizard, just some kind of a soft plastic works real well sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, the soft plastics is you know king this time of year, and the reason you use a Texas Creek soft plastic bait is because you can pinpoint the the spot, especially if you are sight fishing for bass that you see. Uh, if you're not and just casting around, it's still deadly because you come across a lot of the bass that are on beds that you can't see, and they're protective of their nesting areas, and that's how most shallow fish are caught in the spring. When you're fishing shallow in the spring, you're catching spawning bass, whether you're looking at them or not, because that's why they're there. That's why they're on the bank. So if you fish for those kind of presentations, uh, weightless rig like Cinco's, those kind of deals, Texas rigs, lizards, Texas rig craws work great. Jigs work well, too. Soft plastic tubes or Texas rig tubes work really good uh, as well. You know, natural colors, brim style colors, because the fish hate brim. Uh, the greens, the green pumpkins, the black and blues, they're all great colors. Uh, and then some people that sight fishing, they like to use the real bright colors so they can see their bait and know exactly where it is. It's really hard to do much wrong this time of year, and I guess that's why everybody loves to fish so much in the spring when the bass respond. That's my friend Kelly Jordan. He fishes the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. I want to say hello and thank you to Gregory Tasquila, Greeley, Colorado. Thanks for the note. That's where he listens to Kinder Outdoors. Donald Vaught catches the show in Climax, Michigan each week. In Sun River, Oregon, it's Robert Scott. Thanks, Robert. Boy, that sure sounds pretty. Sun River. And Mark Frank is in Yukon, Oklahoma. Sure to appreciate you tuning in to Kinder Outdoors. Spread the word. Bring a buddy back with you next time around. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Howdy, I'm Terry Hedick from Selby, South Dakota. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The herdware store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. 
Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This is Kinder Outdoors. And I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for joining us in our camp house this week at Kinder Outdoors. Come see us anytime at kinderoutdoors.com, and that's K-I-N-D-E-R. Randolph McGee is a good friend. He's a Texas game warden. You've probably seen him if you're a fan of uh, Lone Star Law TV. He, uh, they use him on there quite regularly. And he gave me a tip a few years back about someone that I might want to have on the show. A fellow from Alaska that loves to come to the lower 48 and chase crows. <laughs> you heard me right. You met a guy, uh, I guess a year or two ago from Alaska, and his big deal is crows. Calls himself Dr. Crowvorky, and he's going to be on the show later today. You know, it's really be, uh, neat being a game warden and the people that you meet. And uh, actually, Dr. Crow probably called me up five or six years ago, you know, left some messages, and, uh, and I would talk to him, and he was really uh, interesting to talk to, and he wanted to talk crows. And uh, and I thought I knew a little bit about everything, but uh, this guy is the authority on crow hunting. And uh, I got to meet up with him here this last year because uh, – 
you know, he was looking for several thousand crows to hunt, and we just simply didn't have them. And this past fall, uh, I got to seeing a bunch of crows around, so I give him a call, and uh, we went and had lunch, and it was probably one of the neatest experiences I've had. And he, hey, he come up in a box truck that has in his license plate even says Dr. Crow on it, and he's got these crows painted, and he was just a really neat guy. And, uh, and I said, why do you like to hunt crows? And he goes, well, why does anybody like to hunt anything? He goes, in Alaska, it gets so cold uh, that I've got to leave and head south. And uh, and he, he had a really good relationship with his wife. His wife leaves and goes to Hawaii for a couple months, and he leaves <laughs> and goes across the southern United States and looks for crows. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> Well, I cannot wait to uh, talk to him later uh, in the show. We've we've got him on but the show I, later t- today. But uh, I, one of the one of the neatest parts, hey, and ask him this when you talk to him. We're driving down the road, and uh, and he's hey, he's got an Alaskan accent, and he's a, a, a funny guy. And then he'll see some crows out there in a field, and he'll start talking to them from the cab of my pickup. Really? And uh, it is, yeah, oh yeah, he'll talk to them crows. And uh, what he said, he goes, "Hey, Mr. Crow, there you are. How you doing today?" And, uh, and I don't know, it was just funny the way he did it. <laughs> oh, I thought and I he, thought you meant that he would crow call to him, but no, he's just talking. Oh, no, English. no, he would just no, no, he would talk in English to him. You know, hey, Mr. Crow, how you doing? So, uh, but then he says, "Hey, hunting these crows is real fun, and I, hey, I know they are, hey, one of the smartest birds on the on the planet. You know, hey, you never see one run over or anything. You know, uh, they are smart." But he said, "You know, they're a lot like people." And uh, and I said, "How's that?" He goes, "Well, it's uh, you know, you got the long winter nights here." He said, "They sleep for about thirteen hours." And then they get up, and they hey, they want to go to McDonald's and go talk to somebody, you know. So that's what they do. They gather up there in the field and grab a cup of coffee, and, and uh, they talk to one another, <laughs> then go get something to eat. So he said they're a lot like people, but uh, I, I but hey, he's a funny guy. I know a spot that he would love. I'll have to, to share that with him, and, and maybe we can get together and, and all of us go uh, have a good crow shoot. Hey, Randolph, let's talk about – uh, legally, uh, if somebody's hearing this and they're thinking, you know, I've got a bunch of crows, uh, that'd be a fun shoot. Is it legal? Can we? Do we need a license? What do we need? Hey, yep, yeah, you would need a uh, you would need a Texas hunting license to hunt them, and there is one. And I wouldn't. I want. I'm glad you asked that question. You know, uh, but crows are one of those birds. Uh, you can only shoot them or hunt them when they're depredating. So. Uh, but I'm thinking, hey, if he's going from point A to point B and he's eating wheat seeds out of the ground, he's pretty much depredating. So, uh, so they're they're legal game. I'm, my opinion is, if a crow is breathing, he's depredating uh, because they thrive yeah. on on crops. A lot like the doves in in Argentina, the crows. If you're a farm, you don't like crows. Uh, correct. Yeah, and they can hey they can eat up a lot of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, hey, uh, he's a hey really really neat guy and. Um, and he has some really good stories, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to visiting with him. And we're also featuring on Tinder Outdoors on the website this weekend uh, the crappie rock uh, that you. Uh, it was either you or Stapleton that sent me a picture of the crappie rock. A gentleman that was doing some crappie fishing, and he had ten inches measured out on a rock. Uh, hey, and, we 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 see that in our careers, yeah. And uh, hey, and don't forget the tattoos down at Lake Tawakani. <laughs> so I still need to get you that picture too. 
tell tell he's folks got, about he's that. Got a, he's got a tattoo on, on on his wrist of ten inches, and that's how he measures his crappie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Hey, the life of a game warden is always exciting. Randolph, be safe, and I appreciate visiting with you. Okay, Billy. Hey, you take care. We'll hear from Dr. Krovorkian himself coming up in a few minutes at Kinder Outdoors. Right now, though, we're going to pay a little attention to turkey season because, hey, it is here. Where I live here in North Texas, it's opening weekend. One of the masters at talking to turkeys is the turkey man himself, the old turkey man, Eddie Salter. I ask him, Eddie? How's a fellow go about choosing the right call? It can be overwhelming down at the store. You know, in a guy, when he's out there and he's trying to select a call, he needs to select one that basically sounds good to his ear. And, uh, you know, you, we got uh, got these little friction calls here, this wood calls that uh, that's pretty simple. And what's good about these box calls and these friction calls, a guy can go out overnight and, and learn to call with them just and kill turkeys the next day. That Kiki you was talking about? That's on a that's on a glass, and that's called a derringer. That's a, that Kiki's right up on the edge of the glass, guys. You want to get right up on the and you want to hold your peg straight up and down, where normally you want to hold it with like if you're looking at the hands of a clock, you want to hold it about 1:30 if you're right-handed. But when I'm Kiki. But then on slate, it don't kick you as good as that glass. Yeah. On glass is what you really want to look at. But here's here's it over here's 130. Kiki. And then I just drop that peg in there 130. And you can kill turkeys with that. And that's a and that's a neat thing is that uh, is so many calls out there in the market. And the hunter specialties has got them. Yeah. You can go you can go to your favorite sporting goods stores and look around and and they got them. And uh, of course, you know I've always been lucky enough to I have opportunity to know a lot of folks in Texas, and I do get a chance to come out here bow hunting for big whitetails too. Yeah, there I, you go, good. And uh, you know I killed a couple years ago. I killed a 167. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, Laredo, Texas, in the yeah. south part down there, which was a good open range deer with your bow. And I killed one last year that scored about 145. And uh, you know these are poking young deer with your bow. And uh, when you kill them, anybody can kill them with a rifle. But you got to be a little bit more luckier. Got to have a little bit more skill and got to learn to hide a little bit better with that bow. Where will you turkey hunt next spring? Are you starting to get everything lined out, or is it too early? Well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Normally, you know, we start off uh, pretty early in Alabama. You know, we normally come in March the 15th. And, but, you know, I was looking at, I might even come in, you know, some of the late south zones has got season runs in February over here. That, you know, I may increase uh, my range and come down and do it. It's, they call it a fall season, yeah. but the old turkeys, they say gobbling a little bit in the February, too. But I may... Look at February also in Hawaii this year. I'm thinking about, I ain't never done that. They also got a season that's in Hawaii that comes in in February. Yeah. You know, that'd be good for carry your wife, and uh, you can plan a vacation, but just tell her, hey, I'm going to turkey on a little bit while I'm going on my vacation, too. Well, exactly. That's come to think of probably where we should have done this interview. That's right. You're right. I, I think we need to. We, we ain't got our priorities right. We need to kind of look ahead a little better, don't we? <laughs> that conversation with the great Eddie Salter, the old turkey man, the former barber, <laughs> from a few years ago. Great advice that still sticks today.
Let's grab a cup of coffee, maybe a sausage and biscuit. I'm kind of hungry. And I'll meet you right back here in the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. Ducks is back at Texas Motor Speedway. Ducks Unlimited invites you to the third annual Ducks Unlimited Expo presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, May 5th through 7th. Watch the premier canine performance athletes of the dog world competing in the incredible dog challenge. Test drive a new ATV or visit the live fire shooting ranges. DUX, the show for everything outdoors. To learn more, visit DuckExpo.com. When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it. And a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa. And they're simple. And they're, and they're, we just can't make them fast enough. They're fully cooked. All you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside. And it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them. These items have become staples in our home. Robin's favorite is the taco meat. I'm partial to the tamales. And what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com. John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom. We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... 
the cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Tis the season to be jolly. Deer season, turkey season, dove season, duck season, season backstrap. Come on in to the Kinder Outdoors Camp House. Hey, if your spring break includes the mountains of Montana, you might want to enjoy Montana Wild for free in Helena. Drop by with the family. They've got activities like scavenger hunts, nature crafts, microscopes, and a lot going on uh, in Montana at Montana Wild. Stop by Montana Wild, Helena, Montana, anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. They would love to see you. I will be at Possum Kingdom Lake, northwest of Fort Worth, Texas, this afternoon for the weigh-in at the Santo High School Project Graduation Fundraiser Bass Tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun when we weigh them in uh, this afternoon at 3.30 at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot. There'll be vendors and booths and food and all kinds of stuff going on. So uh, come see us if you're in the neighborhood this afternoon, 3.30 at the Chamber Possum Kingdom, Chamber of Commerce parking lot. Bobby Box has been putting this thing together. Man, uh, Possum Kingdom is starting to become a uh, very uh, productive lake. Uh, I, this is, what, two years in a row now that they've had a fish, a sherlunker caught. You can go on Facebook to my page. It's Bobby Box. Um, I have Brazos Outdoor Adventures. It's also on Instagram. It's going to be a great event. We're going to have vendors, food. It's a big thing. It's not just your normal average bass tournament. We try to make it fun. Hey, it's going to be fun. We'll see you this afternoon at Possum Kingdom Lake. More details at kinderoutdoors.com. John Vole, he lives in Alaska. Uh, boy, it's a hunter's wonderland. But he drops down from there to the lower 48 to chase crows. <laughs> a couple of years back, I had a conversation with him about it. Eagle River, I've been up here for 50 years. Wow. And so 
you've got maybe the best hunting and, and fishing opportunities in the world uh, there in Alaska, but you choose to load up and come down to the lower 48 and spend a, a pretty good amount of time every year chasing crows. Am I right? That is correct. I, I told another gentleman that I used to hunt with, he's, he's gone now, but he used to go to Argentina dove hunting and Columbia. And I asked him, I said, out of all your hunting you've done in your life, what would you choose the most? And he said crows. And he said, <laughs> uh, because because dove hunting, you sit in a bucket or somewhere in the field and they just pass you where crows are a smart, very smart bird. They can see color. They can count supposedly up to four, I guess. They did a test on a blind where three guys went in a blind and called crows and they wouldn't come in. Second guy left, wouldn't come in. Finally, the third guy left and they came into the blind, so into the decoys. So they're very, they're very smart board. They're very, vo- they're very vocal. They use hand calls. Some guys use electronic calls and use decoys. And their only natural predator is the great horned owl. I'm sure some have been taken out by a hawk or an eagle once in a while, but that's their only natural predator. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I knew that crows were uh, incredibly smart, and they are a challenge to hunt. I've been on a crow shoot or two in my life. Uh, used to many years ago. Uh, if you watch the old Andy Griffith show, you know, he loved to go on a crow shoot now and then. Uh, used to yep. be uh, more of a pastime because they are uh, they are a nuisance. If you're a farmer, you hate crows. Oh, there's uh, there, I've had farmers ask me to hunt on sunflowers, on peanuts, on milo. Um, believe it or not, they get into cotton. Um, but and especially pecan orchards, they they just devastate them. And you're, you're talking, I'm, I'm talking five, six hundred birds or more in a pecan orchard, and I'm talking four or five thousand on a peanut field, and that's a lot of peanuts getting carried away every day. They eat more than one. Yeah, they don't eat one and leave, do they? <laughs> no, they they yeah. And but they're they're a smart bird. They're a smart bird. You got to watch them if you want to do good at them. You got to kind of follow them and see which way they're going for their flyaways and see what they're eating on and if they're hitting certain fields up and the farmers want you to hunt them. That's worked out really well. So so it's a it's a it's a bird that hardly not a lot of people hunt, which is good from my standpoint. But um, they're they're in almost almost all the lower 48 states there in each state. Yeah. Um, are there different subspecies of crows or is there just an old black crow that we know about there's the american crow and then there's the fish crow and then there's the common crow and uh the common crows and also there's ravens people get ravens mixed up with crows they say oh there we have a lot of crows at our place and i know those are ravens because ravens are bigger they have a different vocal vocabulary and they also have a different when you watch them fly their their tail feathers are broader and they have their wings are more. A crow will methodically flap his wings when he's flying. You know, he just cruises along and he's flapping his wings. But a raven does a lot of, lot of, lot of. Uh, I would say soaring or coasting. But I mean, um, and their wings are more pointed. Where the crow's wing feathers on his flight feathers are more like fingers sticking out there. They're different species, but they but they hang together. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, John, there's an old saying, uh, typically when uh, someone has said something that turns out uh, not to be truthful or factual, that they're going to have to eat crow, uh, which would leave you thinking that crow probably doesn't taste very good. Have you ever eaten one? 
I had I did have a gentleman and uh, asked me to bring some in, and he said he. <laughs> I said you're the first guy that wanted me to bring some in to to cook, and he said the next time you cook them, you use a pressure cooker. <laughs> <laughs> so that means they're a little tough. They're a little bit tough. They're a dark meat like a dove, but but I'm sure I'm sure they I'm sure they are edible. I mean, just anything edible if it gets down to the point, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are your favorite? You leave Alaska and come down to the lower forty-eight to hunt crows for how long? I uh, now that my kids are out of school and they're on their own, um, I'm semi-retired in the wintertime. I come down for a couple months. It gives sure. it gives me a break from the winter. It gives me a break from the winter, and uh, and and we don't have the bird hunting up here. Like you said before, I have the big game. We I've done all that. I've got bears, sheep, goats caribou and and but uh i really enjoy the wing shooting and and i enjoy and i enjoy the challenge of you know trying to fool the birds yeah and and uh and let's talk about fooling those birds if we want to go have a successful crow hunt what are the nuts and bolts of this what equipment do we need how do we go about this well one is they can see color so you need to be camouflaged and you almost got to act like somebody's looking for you like another person's looking for you so um, some guys go to the point where they'll wear face masks, the, the uh, you know, the the makeup, I guess, the cosmetic stuff. I don't go that far, but I'll wear a head net um, because they can see reflection or anything. So it's it's. I've had one gentleman hunt with me, and he's standing up in the blind. I and I looked out my blind. I see the birds are flaring. I said, Why do you see he's flaring? You know, I'm calling. Or we got everything set up. And I looked, he's standing up. And I said, I said, Hey, I said, here's how this works. He said. Here's how this works. It's pretty simple. If you can see the bird, they can see you. That's how simple it is. So you got to stay hid. And so if you have a blind where you can look out and see through a hole or something, kind of, you get an edge hunting them by kind of monitoring which way they're coming from and seeing how close they get to the decoys. You got an edge on them then because you know when to pop up. But otherwise, if you can't see them coming, your blind's not set up properly. So, yeah. So you want to see, you want to be able to see the birds coming, and they come from in every direction. So it's not like. Like ducks are always going to come into the wind, where these crows they'll come in from any any direction to get to where you're going. We're having a good old-fashioned crow shoot with Doctor Crow Borkian, John Vole from Alaska. <laughs> Hey, the folks with the Missouri Department of Natural Resources wanted me to let you know that all the kids are invited to enjoy an afternoon of fun in Wallace State Park next Saturday, April 8th, starting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. They're giving away prizes all afternoon, and those hidden golden eggs have a special prize in them. Kids need to bring their baskets. They're going to have more than 2,000 candy eggs out there. <laughs> Toy-filled eggs during a traditional Easter egg hunt for the kids. The program is free. It's open to the public. That's on Northeast Highway 121, Cameron, Missouri, next Saturday. Hey, everybody, it's Sean Mann. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Take them, Billy. Ducks is back. At Texas Motor Speedway. 
Ducks Unlimited invites you to the third annual Ducks Unlimited Expo presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, May 5th through 7th. Watch the premier canine performance athletes of the dog world competing in the incredible dog challenge. Test drive a new ATV or visit the live fire shooting ranges. DUX, the show for everything outdoors. To learn more, visit DuckExpo.com. When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas, home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyards boat ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park, located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. That moment when it all lines up. (laughs) The planning, the process, the lifetime of in-the-woods experience all comes down to that one moment that old Tom is calling up and within range. (laughs) At Marksman Firearms, we can help you get ready with calls, guns, chokes, turkey loads, and more. Marksman Firearms stores in Killeen, Mansfield, Wichita Falls, and Granbury. Make your mark at Marksman. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests and... um, We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six seven eight groups and we don't try to do it on 40 acres i mean these people get to walk they get to see some country joe and ann kirchival invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of san antonio visit joshuacreek.com
smells like fish in here, and we're proud of it. Welcome to camp at Kinder Outdoors. I uh, hope you enjoy the turkey woods today or maybe uh, that chase for those spawning fish. Whatever you're up to, send a picture for the bragging board, uh, kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Really easy to upload from your handheld, your tablet, your whatever, okay? Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, outdoors.com. Let's pick up our crow hunting conversation with John Bowl from Alaska, Dr. Krovorkian. Now, I'm guessing that uh, these old crows are, are pretty doggone tough. Do you shoot a 12-gauge? What do you – what do you and full choke? They're up there pretty hot. I use a full choke, 12-gauge, but I just use – I go to Wally World and get the lowest and cheapest expensive seven-and-a-half shot I can find. So it would be the same thing like dove and quail loads. It's just identical shells. So um, they're not as tough as people think they are. But, yeah, you, when you're up high, you're going to have trouble getting them. But, you know, you, know, you have to know your shotgun range and – you know, 30, 40 yards, and that's about, about it, really, for the birds. And But when you come yeah. into decoys, when you got them coming to decoys, they're coming in the set, and they're coming in pretty pretty low. Okay. So, so and, then you use the wind. You also use the wind to your advantage. So you want to try to try mm-hmm. the wind. The wind will hide the sound of the shotgun. Obviously, it'll blow it one way more than the other. But if you can get birds coming with the wind, granted, they're going to turn around and head to your decoys, but... The birds that see them from the distance, like I said, if you can see them, they can see you. But imagine how their eyes are. They can see their comrades ahead of them landing in a field. They're going to go there and start eating, but they don't hear the shotgun blast, so they think they're dropping in for food. This is just but, a bunch of fun. We're crow hunting on the show today with Dr. Krovorkian, John Vole. Uh Now, John, the do you call these birds in? I know I've got a crow call that I use to locate turkeys early in the morning. Yes, I do. I have a, I have hand calls, and then just in the last seven, eight years, I tried electronic call because I was told about them, and some of the calls I had on there weren't very successful, so I ended up recording my own, and uh, it works very well. But but I've been I've been hunting these things since like 70s, you know, 68 when I got my first bird, but. I found an article in Field and Stream back then. It was Troll Capital of the World was Fort Cobb, Oklahoma, and they estimated 15 million birds roosted there in the winter. And I couldn't wow. believe it, so I went there one year and checked it out, and I said, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of birds. <laughs> what are what are your favorite uh, locations to, to hunt crows when you drop down out of Alaska to go crow hunting? Where do you go? I go uh, both east and well, you got to go where the birds are, obviously, because every year they're they're roosting in different places sometimes. But I'll go East Texas or West Texas, and uh, but mostly where where they're growing the crops, like um, like well, they hang cattle too. They hang in cattle, but mostly um, where they grow the crops for peanuts and milo and and uh, even corn and soybeans. You know, it's uh, they're they're the bird they're 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 opportunists like people. They'll go where the food is. That's that's where they're going to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of cranes and geese that hunt in those areas that pick the same fields. They eat all the same stuff, and especially the peanuts. They like the peanuts. Sure. Yeah. What about your wife? What does she do? Does she go crow hunting with you? No, you're not going to believe this. She goes to Hawaii when I come back. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that rumor. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hot. I'm not a hot weather person. So I. So I, and I told her. I said life's too short. I said, so she'll she'll go rent a place in Hawaii on a big island for two months, and that gives her a break from the winter for January, February. So it's 
kind of a perfect situation because winters are long up here. And so <laughs> somebody's watching the house, taking care of the dog, getting the mail, plowing the driveway, and then when I get back, it's her turn to go have fun. So there you she, go. She, she, she loves the ocean. She loves swimming. And I was there one time. She went on about 300 yards, and I said, well, there was shark bait. I can't do nothing about it. So yeah. <laughs> I said, that's, I said, if that's what you love doing, I said, have at it. You know, I said, life's too short. Yeah, well, it just sounds like you have a lot of fun. Folks are going to know you when they see you coming down the road because you've got a box truck, and the uh, the license plate says Crow-MD, uh, meaning you're not a doctor, and, and you're not a, you're not an emergency specialist for crows. You are Dr. No, Crow-Orkian. And I give injections. <laughs> <laughs> What a pleasure to talk to you. When you come to Texas, I want to uh, get together with you and and, uh, have a glass of iced tea and talk it over. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully this helps you and hopes helps some other people that want to learn how to crow hunt because it's a fun sport and it's they're smart birds. You gotta you gotta have your homework. You betcha. Very good. Well, we're talking to the best in the game, John. What a pleasure to visit with you and uh, safe travels. I look forward to seeing you uh, this this uh, this winter. We'll catch up somewhere. Okay, sounds good. Dr. Krovorkian from up in Alaska. (laughs) Earlier in the show, we were talking springtime spawning bass with Major League Fishing's Kelly Jordan. Now, let's focus on another species. One of my very favorites on the table, crappie, with Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall. Wally, we're doing a little series uh, on the spawn this week, and I want to tip some crappie anglers off to something that is fantastic, and that is... When you see everybody catching those fish off the bank, move out a little ways. Find some five to eight foot water with some structure in it, because that great big three pound female might be hanging around out there. Yeah, when the males are up shallow, especially those females hang a little bit deeper, waiting to go up on the spawn. And so when you're catching males shallow, you can actually catch the same big or the big females out a little bit deeper at the same depth yeah it might be eight foot of water but only three foot deep yeah and so those big fish will suspend out over deeper water and that's the reason so many people catch big crappie using a bobber and a jig yeah that's right because it's going to float around it's going to drift around and you're not focusing just on that first eight inches of water up it by the holds bank. the lure in the strike zone yeah absolutely it holds the lure in the strike zone so what i like to do is put me a bobber on there a mr crappie that is and also i would like to tie on a joker or a crappie thunder something that's got a little image to it and cast it out there, but I don't let that bobber sit. I work it out over that deeper water, yeah. and those big females are out there just uh, ready to move in. They can't stand it. Uh-oh. They just can't stand it. I got on a hole last year, and I visited that hole three or four times where uh, those big females would just stack up and load up during the day. At night, they'd move on in, do their thing, spawn, uh, move back out, but there was a line it was a line of crappie, one after the uh, the other, 12 to 14, 15-inch crappie that I was just slamming while everybody was catching them up by the bank. It's a great way to check uh, check for big fish. Right. If you're just going for big fish, that's what I would do. Move out on that second drop, especially on creek channels. There's always that second ledge with some submerged stumps on it that you can't see visually. 
But when you use that cork and jig technique, you can really catch some real big female crappie. Yeah. Are you? Uh, are, uh, how, how do you determine how deep? To set that bait under that under that cork, it'll be the clarity of the water. Okay. You know, if it's a lot clearer water, I'll set it a little bit deeper. But it's a murkier stain. Those crappie are going to be right up underneath the surface. One time in Alabama, Billy, mm. the water temperature was about 56 degrees, not quite spawning time. But I was catching big monster crappie two foot deep over 20 foot of water. Ooh, it's amazing what they'll do because when that sun pops out. And it's kind of dingy water, you know. They'll get right up by the surface. Mm. And, uh, of course, they're chasing bait and feeding up yep. and everything else, getting ready for the big spawn. Yep. And uh, those males get really aggressive up on the beds. But I'm telling you, man, springtime is the time for the family to be out fishing. Absolutely. Take the take the family, take the boat, load the kids up, put that bobber on there for those kids. That way they're not hung up all the time, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me tell you what. If you ain't getting hung up, you ain't crappie fishing. <laughs> I want to thank you for hanging out in our camp house today at Kinder Outdoors. I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together. And invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. 